You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, we find ourselves in the month of Cheshvan, wondering what the Avoid of Cheshvan is. And there's a teaching from the Heidegger of Simcha Bunim of Pshischa, who teaches us that Cheshvan has to be seen in relationship to the months that preceded it, meaning Elul and Tishrei, give us the basic orientation that we need towards the Avoid of Cheshvan. The month of Elul and the month of Tishrei are Zmanim of Tefillah, of Torah, of Avoidah, of speaking, of expressing every ounce within our linguistic capacity to beseech HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to pine after HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's the secret of desiring and opening of the mouth for those who yearn after you, Rabbanu Shleilam, that sometimes the only way to express the fundamental yearning at the heart of a Yid for the infinite source of all things and the comfort that comes about is only going to be revealed through language. And we try and we try and we try and we try to utilize language in all of its various manifestations to express the specificity or the particular point of which we want to gain or access. And then once everything is said and done, once we've exhausted our capacity to express through language, we enter into the time of Cheshvan. The Heliger of Simcha Bunim of Shizcha pointed out that Cheshvan comes from the language of Marcheshes Vasayim, from the quivering of the lips, from the mumbling of the lips that remains after all is said and done. Because language never fully arrives at its particular point of destination. Language, by definition, is a tool that cannot arrive at its point of destination. It could lead us there. We can speak and speak and speak. But ultimately, the singular word which we want to express to ourselves, to the world, and to the Rabban Shlalem remains inaccessible. This is why so much speech is necessary in order to say even the slightest connection to what we're truly trying to say. And in this point of Cheshvan, where a person comes to terms with the fact that all I can do is allow my lips to continue to quiver, where a certain speechlessness falls upon the individual, Rav Simcha Bunim has an additional teaching where he says, don't for a second lose hope in the fact that you have nothing left to say and you find yourself in that quivering silence, but rather pay attention to the fact that we say every day, Haboycher b'shirei zimra that HaKadosh Baruch Hu chooses the choiciest of all songs. And what Rav Simcha Bunim says is, don't read the word Shirei Zimra as songs, but rather Shirei Zimra, Shirayim, leftovers. And what HaKadosh Baruch Hu does is, yes, he loves our songs. Yes, he loves our words. Yes, he loves everything that we can possibly say to him in every manifestation of speech thought. But ultimately, there's a certain secret that HaKadosh Baruch Hu picks up the remnants of speech, the Shiurei Zimra, that which remains after everything is said and done, that which remains after all is sung and spoken. It's the quivering silence, it's the speechlessness that each and every person carries within their heart that ultimately HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to choose and going to place at his crown. Meaning to say that Avoida of Cheshven is the Avoida of learning to live in that silence that follows speech. But in this context, we have to reorient ourselves very quickly because there's two ways of looking at silence. There's silence, which is the absence of speech, 
an ignorant silence that says I will remain silent because I have nothing to offer, because I have nothing to say, because I'm exhausted of speaking. And then there's a silence that follows speech. There's a silence, there's a profound level of silence that follows after everything has possibly been said. And it's that silence that Rav Simcha is gesturing towards. It's a silence that does not deny everything that has been said. It's a silence that does not take issue with the fact that what has already been said has not been received in the way that it needs to be received. But rather, it's the truest fundamental recognition of the humility that rests at the heart of the human being, which is that at the end of the day, language fails. At the end of the day, that which needs to be said cannot be said, and I need to learn how to communicate vis-a-vis -vis silence itself. That the silence that one must cultivate within themselves is not the death of speech, but rather it's the continuity of speech even after its own death. That silence is not saying there's nothing to say. Silence is there's so much to say even after everything has been said. And I'm going to believe in language deep enough to know that language does not need to be expressed through the vehicles of letters or words in order to be conveyed. That there's a language of desire, there's a language or there's a desire that rests at the heart of language, which ever ever so slightly reminds me that every word that I say is surrounded by the silent you of a silence that carries that word to a deeper place. As long as I feel that my words are the most powerful thing in the world, as long as I feel that what I say is exactly what's going to be, I continue to be caught up in the natural tendency towards arrogance that the human being is armed with because we are linguistic creatures. But when I allow the shtika, the silence at the heart of speech to penetrate deeply into every word that is spoken, what continues to take shape, what continues to take root is the silence at the heart of speech, the secret of anava. The secret of humility, the secret of bittal, the secret of not yelling, the secret of speaking calmly and sturdily with the recognition that Hashem hears me whenever I speak, even in my silence. There's a bewildered silence. There's a silence that everything that I've said has fallen apart. And it's specifically in that bewilderment and the silence of the self when it's caught up with all of the noises that are going on in the mind to allow for a particular path of silence, of a shtika kahoida, where I silence the noise internally to allow there to be that singular ray of infinite connection to the deepest part of my amuna, that only takes shape when the noise stops. I can spend all day long trying to define in words, explain in words what it is that a person might feel in relationship to Amuna, Bitachon, Yira, Ahava, Hiskashris, Yididas, all of the positive feelings. But every word that is spoken is also at the very same moment taking away from the innermost point of that experience, which is the silently felt encounter with the Rabbani Shalalim in the Bedidas of the self, in the silent lonesomeness of each and every Neshama in relationship to its creator, Panim El Panim. There's no language there. In the Kodesh HaKadoshim, there's no language. In the Kodesh HaKadoshim, it's silence that begins to speak. It's not a silencing of speech, but rather it's the belief that even when I don't have anything to say anymore, I'm still being poil in every ounce of myself. It's the silence that brings bittel, brings self-nullification. It allows me to realize that Hashem, I can demand and I can demand and I can talk and I can share and I can this, that, or the other thing. But ultimately in front of you, it's shtika ka'oida. Moshe Rabbeinu understood this, Moshe Rabbeinu learned this, Rabbi Akiva understood this, Rabbi Akiva learned this, that when faced with reality itself, very often at the apex of that encounter is the secret of shtoik kach ala be silent for this is how it arose in the will. And the Leshem Shor Vachalayim and Rabbi Nachman, they very quickly say, is this HaKadosh Baruch Hu being a punishing God who says, don't speak, you have no right to speak because you can't understand what you're saying? Obviously not. 
but rather what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling Rabbi Akiva, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling all of us, is that through silence, Allah b'machshava, shtoik, if you want to enter into that place of thought, if you want to enter into the world of thought where a simple shift in mindset can fix everything, then the access point, the key is going to be shtika, shtoik, learn how to be silent, and then kach Allah b'machshava, and then you'll be able to be oila in your mind to that silent place of calmness, of hashketu betach, of that trust that takes place so deeply when a person realizes that I don't need to say anything right now. I don't need to express everything that I'm feeling because I'm expressing it through my silence. I don't need to yell so loud. I don't need to ensure that my words are being heard. I don't need to ensure that I'm leaving a stamp or a mark, an indelible mark of my own selfhood on the current scenario, on the current situation, but rather I can trust and lean into the silence of the self and believe that the silence of the self speaks far clearer to the Rabbi than the yelling and the screaming and the attempt to be heard in the echo chambers of one's mind. Now we as the Jewish people encounter lessons from our enemies at every moment. And the world is silent, and there's a silence in the world that is revealed, but it's not new. It's a silence in the world that has always been there. It's a silence of the Ummah Sa'oylam that has always been there. And what we can learn when we look at the silence of the world, when we look at the inability of the world to open its mouth in a proper way, to mention even one word of desired speech, at that point, it's our job, instead of screaming louder and louder, and again, Avada, there are always people whose job it is to speak louder and louder, but only if they hold that innermost silence within the loudness and the volume of their speech. The louder one speaks, the quieter it should be in their mind. And if it's the polar opposite, then a person is getting caught up in the expression of self rather than sharing the light of the Rabbani Shalaylam. There's a hashke tu betach. And when we see silence in the Velt, and when we see silence in the world, and when we see a non-response in the world, our job is to also enter into that place of shtika kahida'a, of that inner place, of that innermost chamber of shtika, of learning to talk softly. There's a nachas, there's a, a silent grace, there's a silent listening that listens for things that are inaudible to the external ear. I had the schus, I had the merit, I had the opportunity to, to pay a shiva call to a family who's sitting shiva for a chayal who is neherag al-kiddush Hashem. And I have never experienced a hashke tu betach manucha like I did when I was sitting next to that mother when she said, her son was Yosef, he lived 22 years, and she said, ve'aviv shamar sadavar. That when it came to Yaakov Avinu struggling with the departure of Yosef for those 22 years, Yaakov Avinu's posture was ve'aviv shamar sadavar. He guarded it matter. He patiently anticipated something emergent that he could not yet grasp, but it was only by way of silent, as the Heliger of Leibla Eger points out, this is the secret of sitting by the window silently looking at the songs of the candlelights of Hanukkah. And she said, at this point, what I'm doing is I'm sitting, I'm patient, and I'm listening. And kula ulai, then all of the oilama shal emes, a person can come to understand the Torah of a woman like that in a moment like that. But as I understood it, there's a secret of anticipatory listening, a listening to the self, a listening to existence, a listening to the innermost voice that comes out of all of the noises and all of the cacophony of the different deafening noises and the kol shel romi and those deafening sounds, that death-bringing speech which seeks to clad our mind with language and words over and over just to confound us and confuse us. Ultimately, there's a secret of an inner listening to hear the silence at the heart of all things that are being said. Because when a person taps into the silence, that silent reservoir of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's constant silent presence in the most basic elements of the concealment of existence, 
a person comes to lean into that anava, to that yashras, to that secret of hashketu betach, the louder we get, the less accessible hashketu betach is. And again, silence is not the death of speech. We can speak, we must speak, we need to scream. But there must be a silence that survives at the heart of the scream as well to realize that Hashem, I am not assuming that my words will have a pu'ul on anybody. The only thing that has any pu'ul on anything in existence is you. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu be my voice. HaKadosh Baruch Hu be the osios, be the words that are emergent out of my mouth. And that is dependent upon the silence of the speaker at the heart of their speaking. The secret of what the Baal Shem Tov describes as chashmal. There are times of silence and there are times of speech. And it doesn't mean that there's one time for silence and one time for speech, but rather there's a time that contains all times that allows silence to speak and uncovers the silence at the heart of speech. It means that there's a secret of chash, mal, and mal. Chash means silence. I have to learn first and foremost the limitation of my words the limit point at which I continue to be a human being with all of my egoisms and all of my confounded kind of positioning that leads me to my objective and subjective perspectives of what is going on in reality at any given moment. I first have to silence my negio, silence my humanity for a second, silence that tendency to react in every which way that I choose to react. And then comes the next stage of mal, and mal is the language of mila, of pruning, of cutting away the excess. If I allow myself to be silent, I can then access the next stage, which is learning what needs to be said and what doesn't need to be said. Learning to move away from my own voice and learning to uncover the voice of the Rabbi Nishlaylam that moves not only through each and every individual, but through each and every fabric of the existence and its grandiosity and its totality. Everything bespeaks the covet of the Rabbi Nishlaylam. Everything is screaming the, the covet of the Rabbi Nishlaylam. Everything. Silence itself is revealing this. And once I prune away that which need not be said after the secret of entering into that silence of shatik rav, of a silence that is not an ignorant silence, but a silence of the recognition that if I were to open up my mouth right now, there's no possibility of choosing the word that needs to be said because everything is ever present at every moment. And the only way to capture that in language is by not saying anything. Because the moment I start speaking words, I, by definition, am not saying every other word that I haven't said. The only way to say all words and hold all worlds at once is in silence itself, because silence contains all. Shatik Rav. Rav was silent because he understood a truth that was deeper than language. And then when a person is finally able to prune away the inessential speech, they can enter into the second stage of mal, of chash mal and mal, which is now speaking words that carry the silence within them. Yes, I'll speak. Yes, I'll scream. Yes, I'll do. But at every ounce of my doing and my screaming and my feeling, there is a nukud of bitl. There is the kach Allah There is orienting myself to the secret of svasos marcheshen, of the murmuring of the lips. In Noach, there was an attempt. Bereshis HaKadosh Baruch who created the world with his language. Noach was the attempt for the world to grasp through their language the control over HaKadosh Baruch Hu's world, which culminates with Migdal Bavel, which is the birth of the splintering of language, of the impossibility of language, of the babbling of language, of the breakdown of language, of the death of the original possibility of perhaps saying like Adam Arishon was tasked with the singular most important word. And then comes Lech Lecha, and how does Avram Avinu respond to the death-bringing silence that takes place after language has failed? So the Svasemis, the Helega Svasemis asks a question, what was special about Avram Avinu that he got the call Lech Lecha? Why Avram? What did he do? He comes from Terach. It's not possible that he had that inrooted Kedusha. He comes from a place of Tumah. So what was it, says the Svasemis, that was unique about Avram? What was unique about Avram is that Avram chose to listen 
Lech Lecha was a call that was emergent from every fabric of existence at every moment. The only difference was that Avram chose to be silent for a second. He had faith, a silent faith, and he understood that Hashem, this also comes from you. I own my silence. I recognize that I can say, I can say, I can say, I can say, but at the end of the day, I need to lean deeply into the bittel at the heart of all things, of shatik rav, of learning to be silent with the Rabbi Nishlaylam. Of what Rabbi Nachman describes as the only way to ever deal with certain questions that are emergent from the halal hapanui. We encounter a halal hapanui in our lives on a daily basis, and sometimes that halal hapanui is far more apparent than it was the day before. But that halal hapanui is that apparent vacant space which has not yet been integrated into the extensivity and the elasticity of my circle of emuna. And as long as that halal, as long as that voided space has not yet been integrated and subsumed by the elasticity of my, my amuna, it appears to be something that rests outside of the circle of my amuna. And the work of amuna is to ever so slowly draw the kav, that line of hope, back into the halal to reveal that that vacant space is also filled with the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But there are certain kushios and she'elos that are emergent from that halal apanui that are unanswerable. And we all have infinite amounts of unanswerable questions. And in that place, says Rabbi Nachman, there's only one way of the tzaddik MS entering in and accessing the point of redemption. And it is through silence, the silence of Moshe. The silence of Moshe, the silence of Avram, v'yidoy maharon. That secret of shatik rav. It's not that I have nothing to say or I'm too meek to say it. I'll continue to say everything, but to hold on to the shtika at the heart of speech. Not to get rid of speech for the sake of silence, but to allow silence to survive its own death, which is speech, and to carry the secret of silence into speech so that every word that I speak, speaks silence. It reveals another or of shtika, of anava, of bitl, of emuna, of david malka mashicha who sang a book of silent songs to the Rabbani Shalalim because our voices are the ones that are going to be finding themselves in his songs throughout history. And the only reason that the words of David Malcolm Mashiach of the Sefer Tehillim has the capacity to carry us throughout the generations is because David Melech emptied himself out. He didn't put a voice into his words. There was a silence at the heart of his speech. There was a secret of silence which gives birth to the capacity of us filling in those words. Libi chalal bakirbi, my heart is empty. It's a voided space. There's nothing but Yerubah And when a person learns to cultivate that silence, to be comfortable in that silence, the secret of facing ungraspable things, the secret of facing unanswerable things with a confidence that is rooted in a bitl and a humility and a strength, not a meekness, God forbid, a willingness to scream as loud as we ever need to scream but to hold on to the secret of silence that rests at the heart of our words, to be like Avram Avinu, who's willing to bend his ear silently to that clarion call that is reverberating throughout existence at every moment, Lech Lecha, Lech Lecha, Lech Lecha. This is the secret of the deaf beggar who only hears pain in this, in this world. He only hears voices that are emergent from difficulty or voices that are emergent from a victory over difficulty. But in truth, the only word that he wants to hear is the praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That secret silent voice that carries itself throughout every word that is uttered, every feeling that is felt. To become a people who are patient, waiting patiently with that secret of silence. To learn from our enemies, to learn from their silence what it means to be silent, to own that secret humility at the heart of the self, which recognizes that the longer I live in that place of realizing that I don't know anything at all, the more and more I can come to rely on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of shtika kahida, 
The month of Cheshvan is a month of silence. It's about recognizing that Rabbi Shleilam, my trust in you, my faith in you, my love for you, my fear of you, your love for me, your respect for me, your desire for me, your joy with me, the utter pleasure that you take in every aspect of myself. These are things that are far beyond language. And the attempt to place language to it is almost an offense to the unspeakability of it, the unsayability of it, not because it's traumatic and not because it's not something that should be said, but rather because it's so true that language already detracts from it. If I'm speaking about it, then I'm not in it right now, and I need to learn how to trust that silence. Like the Mitlarebbe, like the Mitlarebbe, when he came to give Torah, when he came to give Torah, the Hasidim would hear him saying, Sha, 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 Sha. But they realized that nobody was talking, nobody was making any noise, there was nothing going on. Until it came to be clear that what the Mittler Rebbe was doing was silencing the voices in his own mind, that shah, that coming down. person sees by tzaddikim amitim in moments of chaos that there's a shtika. That even when tzaddikim are speaking, there's infinite levels of shtika that are contained within every word that is spoken. Megala tefach machasat fachayim, that's the way it is. And if a person focuses too much on what's being said and loses sight of what's not being said, then a person loses sight on the secret, silent redemption that is taking place underfoot at every moment. The noise of the world is very important because we have to pay attention to the noise and we have to apply words to the noise. But the moment we forget about the shtika that rests at the heart of the at the speech, the secret we forget about the amuna that rests at the heart of yidiyah, of the bittel that rests at the heart of the ani, then we lose sight of the guiding principle of bittel, of bittel, of bittel, self-nullification, the recognition that I don't know, I didn't know, I don't know, and I'll never know. I didn't know, I don't know, and I'll never know. I didn't know, I don't know, and I'll never know. As the Heilig of Shem Tov, when he was searching for a son-in-law, he asked his future son-in-law, do you know how to learn? He says, I didn't know how to learn, I don't know how to learn, and I'll never know how to learn. I didn't know how to learn, I don't know how to learn, and I'll never know how to learn. I didn't know, I don't know, and I won't know. And in that point, a person gets to enter into the secret of the silent faith, which is so much larger than what words can ever convey. And every word that we continue to speak and every strong sound that we continue to express for as long as we need to express it carries with itself that secret, hidden secret of the silence at the heart of speech, which is the secret of Bittal, which is the secret of Anava, which is the secret of Avram Avinu, which is the secret of Lech Lecha, which is the secret of receiving that echo that saturates all things in the land of Eretz Yisrael. And in this moment where the entire world is becoming transformed into Eretz Yisrael, to cultivate that art of silence, that art of Shtika Kahida'a, that my silence to you is praise, Rabbi Nishlailim, because words sometimes fail. Not because I don't have the language or the lexicon to express myself, but even If every word was available to me, if every precise word was available to me, it would still not come anywhere close to the shtika that rests at the heart of the soul that allows itself to rest quietly in the hashke to and to believe that things are good and things are going to be good and that voices will emerge and the kol and the true voice of Elio Navi and Mashiach Tzidkenu and the silence that rests in the heart of that voice is going to emerge at, at, slowly but surely, kima, kima, a little bit removed from our capacity of knowing anything whatsoever, pushing us with that secret of yearning and desire to always confront that secret of bittal and acceptance and to balance that aniva ayin bevasachas 
and to be Makusha to Moshe Rabbeinu who knew the secret of silence, to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai who knew the secret of silence, to Rabbeinu Ha'arizal who knew the secret of silence, to the Balshem Tov Hakadosh who knew the secret of silence, to Rabbi Nachman Ben Fego who knew the secret of silence, to the Tzadikim in our generation who know the secret of silence, who in their words carry volumes and volumes and volumes of unspoken words, and we should be zoichet to a time of a shtika kahida where the shtika doesn't feel like a speechlessness, but rather a speechfulness where there's so much being said in my shtika that I don't even have to choose the word that needs to be said. And every moment of leaning into that silent comfort of hashkei betach, a person is accessing the light of cheshvan, and we have the capacity to transform the marirus of cheshvan into a ramus, into a roimus, into a roimus, into a singing out which carries the bittel of silence within it, and we can uncover the secret of chashmal, that protective covering of shalom that covers each and every year, that surrounds each and every year like the silent you of a of a of a, a, an illumination that is silent and the secret of Motzei Shabbos illumination of that flame that ner sha'ava that illuminates the darkness to teach us Altira of the Yaakov Altira of the Yaakov don't fear that speechlessness don't fear that place that you're entering into because there's a shtika kahoda'a there's a shatik rav and there's the aboicher b'shirei zimra a God who loves every ounce of our silence and our attempt to cultivate that inner silence of bittel and places in, the, in his crown, in the crown of Mashiach, Bezrus Hashem. The music is by Zusha. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page, and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.